Joining us on the line, a legend in progressive rock and uh, I'd say British pop and rock in general, Tony Kay from Yes, a founding member of Yes. Uh, sir, thank you so much for joining us, talking about uh, your brand new album. And this is very timely and certainly very powerful. End of Innocence out on uh, the 10th of September. Um, the first track is Flight 11. Uh, this whole record really uh, taking us back to those emotional days of 9-11, um, 20 years, uh, it's hard to believe, 20 years since the attacks coming up September the 11th. Flight 11, such a powerful track. Just you know, tell us about the message uh, you're getting across there. Well, you know, the, the, the whole album is um, um, uh, uh, 16 sort of vignettes of, um, of really my musical interpretation of what happened that day. Um, it's, uh, you know, the day after it was the, uh, it was so inspirational that I actually, after maybe five or six years of really not playing and not, you know, doing anything in the, in, uh, in the music, um, it, it inspired me to get out the keyboards and, and play. And, uh, um, but actually, you know, Flight, Flight 11 was sort of a difficult, they were, they were all emotional. You know, every, every piece that I, that I tried, I had this picture of, you know, what it was supposed to be, you know, whether it was the, uh, uh, you know, the beginning of the days, uh, the day in New York, and, uh, uh, it was um, obviously, you know, one of the things that uh, I try to um, I try to convey of what it must have been like for, for people on, on on the plane, and um, it was it was sort of uh, an emotional thing. I, I I actually this one is is um, the the last piece that uh, that I did. I I, I wrote another um, piece of music for it. And uh, fairly early on, and I, I wasn't that satisfied with it, so I, uh, I gave it another shot, and then you know decided to to put, to put in the conversation of the girls on the plane. The stewardess is trying to uh, you know who had been locked out of the cabin, and uh, were trying to um, get through to the uh, um, to, to the people on land, and. Uh, you know, it just it just brought it home about what it must have been like, and uh, you know, it, it was definitely one that and the uh, and the the battle scene at the end, which I decided to uh, to include uh, mm. because it it really was a part of you know what what happened. Um, they were probably the the most difficult tracks to to do. And the, the least maybe orchestral too, mm. heavy drums and uh, you know very sort of dark imagery. Yeah, the the drums just paint such a, a powerful uh, picture. And I know you you reached out to one of your uh, former colleagues uh, to work on that part. 
Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I, I had to. It was great getting back together with uh, with Jay, who I don't since since he was seventeen, you know. So um, it was great getting uh, getting back with him, doing the Yes, uh, the fiftieth anniversary Yes tour, and the, and the cruise to the edge, and uh, you know, we had such a great uh, great time getting getting back together, well, with all of them, but you know, especially Jay. And uh, I I knew that uh, it to to set up the track it 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 had to have a a, a powerful drum solo and he, he was the guy to uh, to do it. Mm. We're talking with Tony K. End of Innocence is the album out on the 10th of September and uh, talking about the Flight 11 track. Of course, this album on Spirit of Unicorn Music distributed by Cherry Red Records. Um, you know, you put those conversations in, uh, you mentioned of the, um, uh, the the airplane staff. I and mean, when you hear that, when you first, you know, pulled those, th- that audio, what did you feel going? Did it take you back to that that time? Well, of course, we were, we were not privy to um, to what was going on, and it was it was really only a um, a few years later, probably around I don't know two thousand seven, mm. two thousand and eight, where I discovered iMovie and YouTube, and and uh, kind of t- tuned into rediscovering the you know the visual which we only saw really briefly um, that day and in, you know, researching it and, and, and trying to put a, a video together, it, um, you know, it was, um, it, it was a time of rediscovering really uh, the, the intensity and of what was happening, you know, mm. people jumping from the buildings and yeah. uh, the, the, firefighters first responders on the streets the people uh you know, the new yorkers on the on the on the streets of new york and their reaction to it it really all those years later kind of uh changed the way that i the way that i looked at it hmm. and you knew someone can you and if it's okay to ask him can you tell us about the the person that that uh, close to you who you um you lost uh, in 9-11? Well, was, uh, a parent of, um, of a, a friend that I, um, a, a record producer a friend that I worked with in Los Angeles. And he was actually, um, he was actually the, the producer of my wife's album. Mm. And um, so we, you know, we, it obviously affected him. Uh, and we, we spent many hours in it. In the studio, talking about uh, talking about what happened. Um, yeah, but to be, where, I mean, there was a lot of people with a lot of connections and family and, and friends and, and whatnot. There was so many people who who, who it affected. Um, <clears throat> but to get another perspective, you know, from uh, from someone who lost someone was it was pretty heavy. Yeah, I can only imagine. Um, does music, you know, your, your roots in, in a, you know, certainly progressive rock music, does it allow, I mean, cause there's so many different musical parts going on. And I wonder, um, do your, the, the background in progressive rock music, does, does that help 
build or you know sort of paint the canvas in a different way versus say you know coming from maybe other forms of music well i, I you know i think so uh really because you know i, I obviously played with a um somewhat classical mm -hmm. um but basically a, a rock band you know right uh, heavy drums guitars and uh and the like so you know and that was my background anyway, and having played with David Bowie and, and one of the best bands, you know, ever. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, was, so, yeah, I mean, I, I came from that, I came from, um, you know, pounding a, 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 a souped-up Hammond Leslie, and, you know, there were, there were certainly musical things that I wanted to, um, besides strings and orchestral arrangements to delve into, mm. um, you know, there's one track on, on the album that, uh, that I, I wanted, I wanted it to portray a, a street band of New York in New York. It was before the, uh, really before anything happened, it was, uh, a time of just a normal day in 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 New York, um, it's called two uh, two eighty five Fulton Street, which mm. is the address of the uh, of the towers. Um, but it took me back, and it was uh, it was sort of homage to uh, the first band that I um, actually first show that I ever went to was a seventeen year old, which was the uh, I'm not sure that you would know that it was called the Grand Bond Organization. Mm. With Jack Bruce, Ginger Baker, uh, Dick Axel Smith, and I wrote the piece imagining what I heard that night. Mm. So there were a lot of um, there were a lot of influences that uh, that you know went into the different pieces. Yeah, I I love that because you don't you don't know what's. Um you know as you're listening you you know you you never really know what's coming but you especially don't know what's coming and i think that's part of the the suspense of the track and it sounds like for the the rest of the album too it's you know just so many uh, great resources going into it musically and tell me about these keyboards and you know you said it's been five years that you dug them out of your garage right i mean are these keyboards that go back you know is this gear that goes back uh yeah you know? it went back to uh to yes wow. um and actually the Probably the last yes tour because they always it always changed, of course. Yeah, but they were you know modules, different types of modules called Roland. Um, I had a couple of uh, even you know practice keyboards, uh, uh, Casios that, that were just lying around, lying about, and uh, I went to them. Um, but basically. They were sort of tuned into string uh, piano uh, patches, which is really the way that it it started. Going back to kind of the gear and just getting you know, getting back to the gear that goes back to the yes days. I mean, does it take you back emotionally too? Like, because I know you you um, you're obviously a founding member of the band, and you've kind of you know you left and came back at different times. Uh, does it um, does that you know, playing the, that equipment, does it take you back to like those shows and, and just, uh, you know, kind of those glory days? Well, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's always, uh, it's, it's 
always easy to uh, to reminisce about the, the the great things that happened and the, and the amazing shows that we did, Rocket Rio. Uh, but I mean, just just a lot of a lot of gigs and a lot of tours. And uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, and of course my my love really my main instrument is the Hammond. So mm. I you know I had to go, I, I had to go back to the Hammond for um, for this album. Mm. Yeah, and so and so doing that, it's the Hammond has such a timeless sound in it. Um, you know, it's just a glorious, timeless sound too that, uh, that you can apply to. I think so many different types of music too. Uh, yes, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of tracks with different. I mean, you know, basically, I'm sort of known for that uh, cranked up, growling uh, Leslie Hammond mm -hmm. that uh, that really started out with the uh, with the early Yes stuff. From the time you originally left uh, Yes, and then the time you you went back, uh, it was it was obviously a departure and you know or a change in musical styles, just in terms of the industry and everything. Um, talk a little bit about, I mean, just, you know, your feelings upon leaving and then the regrouping, which I think it was cinema that later obviously became yes. And, and mm -hmm. kind of just, can you kind of paint that picture of what the, what those times were like, um, you know, kind of behind the scenes. Well, it was, you know, it was great. Started band and well, being with the guys that we, we all started the band Border Street chess club getting uh you know ending up at the uh the albert hall with uh janice joplin and creep and uh, oh, getting, uh you, you know what i think uh, you might have broken up a little bit i'm sorry <laughs> oh okay i, I get you back now well, the, the, that whole adventure of the of, i don't quite remember your question but um oh and then, you know, we kind of drifted apart uh, to, for one reason uh, or another. And uh, it, it, was a, it was a weird time, but I, I had my own band um, at that time, too. Badger was sort of important to me, mm -hmm. and I was working with, with David Foster, who was a writer with, uh, with John Anderson. And we, you know, we wanted to do our own thing. And it didn't really work out, but I, I came to America and was able to, in that time, in that period that the Yes became so, uh, so successful, I got to play with Bowie and, and Badfinger and Detective and, you know, through Badfinger, yeah. I got to meet up with Chris again and uh, we talked about maybe putting uh not yes back together but uh, um, the band that really turned out to be cinema mm. in the early 80s and of course trevor trevor raven came into the band and uh and that became you know it was an 80s thing yeah <laughs> that became a completely uh a, a completely new musical thing influenced a lot with what was going on in uh English pop music mm. and and the you know the travel horn connection yeah so it was um, you know it was a it was a good evol evolution really 
uh, I can't really complain about anything. Yeah, it was so huge the eighties when I mean, nine hundred one two five big generator and, and everything. And I I wonder, I mean, was there because like you said, it, it became this this big sort of pop thing. Was there for some of the seventies fans? I mean, where there might have been a little bit of of you know backlash. I mean, how did you feel? about that i mean you know the the 80s chip well, yeah go ahead it was so successful that uh, you know you couldn't you couldn't really uh you can really describe it yeah. um even through the success the success they went through in the in the 70s it was so so big the album was so you know number one and the uh, number one single and uh was such a big uh, a big thing and, and musically a uh, departure but you know we went on the road and we played we played 70s music we played uh, 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 just a different audience it was and say they had no idea mm. all they knew was oh never lonely heart right and but the show was was so amazing with the with the lasers and the and the, and the staging and the lights and everything. Yeah. It it was uh, it certainly uh, impressed you know that that audience. Mm. Yeah, maybe I... not the seventies fans. Oh. But... <laughs> But what are you going to do? I mean, that's, I think a lot of bands of that era, you know, face that. I mean, the seventies were different. And then, you know, you look at, I guess you look at Genesis, you look at, you know, Robert Plant Gen- with Zeppelin and yeah, Solo. Genesis, yeah. Pink Floyd yeah. And, uh, yeah. A, a, a lot of bands really uh, changed in, in certain ways because of the time. Right. Yeah. And um, did, for, for you as a keyboardist, I mean, um, how significant um, were the, the technological changes for you as an artist? Uh, well, I mean, it changed. Uh, it changed a lot. Yeah. I mean, for one thing, uh, on the nine hundred one five tours, especially, but you know, from from that tour on, we had no equipment on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a revolution. Yeah. Um, there were no speakers. There were no. Uh, there was no back line. It was it was a completely. Um, I remember talking to uh, Ringo one night, and he he'd seen Nano One Two live, hmm. and uh, and he said, "But you're miming. That's <laughs> not that's not really you playing, is it?" I said. He said, "Well, where's the equipment? <laughs> There's no equipment on stage." <laughs> You're just you're just rhyming to a record, right? like like top of the pops. <laughs> no I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. And uh, yeah, he uh, he couldn't believe it. It was uh, the technology was uh, well, it was completely unknown to him. Yeah. Um, and as it was to us too. Uh, but of course, you know we we embraced it and. Uh, yeah. For me personally, media just arrived, and uh, so mm. multi uh, multi stack keyboards, yeah, became a thing. Yeah, it's um, I, I just I love uh, you know those two records in the eighties, and I mean really all the all of the yes stuff. Uh, you know, it's just it, every 
every record, every, it just, it, it's an error. It's like a time capsule, you know? And I think that's what I, I love about an extensive catalog. And I, I wonder, you know, I mean, both when, when you were with us and then kind of, you know, when you play your own thing and play let, yes songs, is it, is it hard to pick, you know, you, you, do you feel like you have to represent something from each era or, you know, is it, it it's gotta be a process, I would think. No, no, pe- you know, people, people always say, don't, don't especially all, all these years later, um, because it, it hasn't happened to um, a huge amount of bands. Mm-hmm. If you think, if you if if you think about it, really, yes, it's one of the very few bands that are still going out there um, playing their old catalog. Yeah. Um. So it is. It is. I mean, I talked to Steve and Alan about it, and. Uh, because uh, people say, don't you get fed up playing the same old thing? <laughs> and it was, uh, you know, going back through uh, um, the, the 50th anniversary and playing Steen All Good People and Your Service Grace, Roundabout, um, even songs earlier than that, because we did no experience necessary in that tour. To, mm. It was... It was such fun playing it, you know, playing mm-hmm. those songs. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, did, I certainly didn't get cut up with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. I, it's always good to know. Um, what, what's your rela- You mentioned uh, Stephen Allen. I mean, what, what's your relationship um, with the, the guys in the group today, uh, the guys who are still out there doing it? Uh, well, uh, you know, the band split into, into two yeah. pieces. And, um, there, and I'm, I'm certainly not, in, not involved in the, uh, in the politics of the band, but certainly there was, uh, uh there were things that, that went down, um, especially when Chris was at the band, yeah. you know, the band carried on without John and, uh, and there it was. I mean, all I all I really know is I'm I'm still friends with Trevor, and uh, I don't really I I had a great time on uh, on the Union tour with uh, with Rick Rick's Rick and hilarious. And, uh, <laughs> he's such a character. <laughs> he's, he's a fun he's a fun guy. Yeah. Uh, John is John, of course, and uh, and pretty intense. Um, but this present band uh, that I see really as the um, as yes as it exists today because mm. um, it is. Yeah. I mean, th- th- there's no question about it. And uh, I think uh, Billy, both Billy and Jay, have been accepted mm-hmm. as the 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 new guys that, that are going to take it forward. Yeah. And um, I was just amazed how great they, they sounded. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were, I, I would watch, I would watch them every night and uh, great, great musicians, all of them. Yeah. You know, there's no, and I know that there are, there are diehard yes fans that play and all the rest of it, but, uh, they're really, uh, and you know, on top of that, they're really close to their friends, you mm-hmm. know, which actually is a little bit of a departure from, from the old band. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I kind of got the sense as a fan. In, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> in certain ways. Mm. Um, yeah, everyone, you know, the band hangs out together. The, uh, everyone appreciates everyone else. Mm. And, uh, you know, they just, uh, they just, it's just a very, a very happy band. Yeah. <laughs> That's about, about the best way I can describe it. I got you. And it, yeah, it was great to uh, yeah. it was great to play and hang with them. You mentioned Billy. We talked to Billy about uh, I think last year. He's involved in so many different projects. He's oh. so so prolific. I don't know how he finds the time. Um, no, I know. I, he's uh, he's beyond the basic. Yeah, and uh, you know. He's he's so creative, but so talented. I mean, he plays keyboards, plays bass. Yeah, a great guitar player. The duo I think that we did uh, uh, for a little while. He uh, he played guitar. Mm. You know, he was that was we uh, we actually played to uh, backing tracks that we uh, we created in the studio, and he played guitar live. Mm. Wow, uh, great drummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta hate it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, was it when Krista uh, passed? Uh, you know, was it? Did you question whether the band would go forward, or because um, I know, I mean, that was obviously just a, a massive loss. Um, I imagine for you personally, but just for the the band and the whole community. Uh, did you ever have any thoughts about whether they would continue at that point? Well, you know, when I heard that that, that Chris had passed the torch to Billy, which was an, an, an obvious thing. Sure. They, they were so close, and Billy had uh, come on the uh, the talk tour as a, a sort of backup to, to Chris and uh, did vocals, keyboards, and whatnot on stage. You, you just knew that, you know, he, he was going to, he was right for the band. He, he got it. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, it was pre- it was pretty obvious to me at the time that uh, that if the torch was passed um, by Chris, yeah. it was going to carry on. Yeah.